0: talk about
1: it hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Thick Radio the gaming podcast where we talk about gaming and everything in its
0: orbit. I'm James. And I'm Tim. Let's get into it. Today we're joined by a special guest. You know them. You love them. It's Finn. Hey! Hi everyone, thanks for having me, it's so exciting to be here and be part of this amazing
2: project. Oh my god, it's so cool and yeah, I'm just like fangirling right now.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. I was really excited to have you on because you and I have known each other for a minute and you are someone very well known for your particular brand of... I mean, what,
2: how, how, here's the question. How would you describe what you do? It makes it sound very excessively grandiloquent to have like a brand or an aesthetic. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's something which is just all about pleasure, excess, decadence, the cult of Dionysus, which is something which I like to call um, and sort of hark back to. So yeah, it's like, you know, enjoying that luxury and that opulence as much as you can and reveling in doing it in a way that is borderline obscene.
1: Would RuPaul say, "Opulence, you own everything"? With like some kind of "cat cat
2: cat cat, cat cow" moment. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I could do in that respect is the Macarena, and that's <laughs>
0: <laughs> It's uh, it's interesting that you said uh, you fan out there for a second because I'm actually fanboying out too. Like, I remember you from Beefy Frat, and uh, yeah. you know, I was following you there. And then, you know, the evolution into Gromer. So I've been aware of you for quite a long time.
2: (laughs) Well, thank you. Oh, that's very kind. Yeah, I have been around this community for, for, it feels like eons, ages, before Gromer, before Beefy Frout, when I was just some... Tiny little Twinkie Boy on YouTube making videos about, oh, I just ate so many burgers. I had like three and <laughs> from the smallest of acorns to this, which,
0: yeah, I mean, that's very sweet and untouched. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. You know, I remember being a, a bloater back in the day and, uh, you know, taking photos of myself, thinking, oh my God, I look so huge. And then, you know, in comparison to how I look now, it was like, yeah, I was just like slightly rounded out. But <laughs> for me, that was a big deal. It is uh, quite a,
1: I always find it quite a trip to refer back to like, not even before you started gaining, but the first photos you really took when you started gaining, when you were like, ooh, I'm finally seeing progress and you thought that you were the fattest thing that has ever like been rolled out of the ocean, you know, like I've, I've seen one of these pictures of myself recently and it is
2: hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Yes, I remember I saw one which was I was like 2012 and I was um, this was back like when YouTube was still sort of in its early phase of the YouTuber and um, Hannah Hart came to London to do some sort of Olympics thing and I took a picture with her and this was when I was like oh, I'm so chubby then I look back at the photo and my neck and my jaw is just so like almost like bony and I'm like you're so skinny what is going on <laughs> and i thought it was huge i thought it was just the, like the biggest roundest thing going but alas so
1: listen this week we're talking
2: about fantasy
1: versus reality which listen when it comes to gaining this is uh, this is kind of like ground zero when it comes mm. to addressing both what we're looking to achieve as gainers and encouragers in the community uh, and also what kind of drives us and moves us mm. forward even if certain aspects of that aren't really achievable because Mm -hmm. you can only really work through them in a fantasy. So Finn, you were saying your style of gaming and what you really present is that luxury opulence um, decadence. It's that it's you chugging down a bottle of champagne because that's the character. That's the moment. What is it for you that makes you want to do that specifically?
2: I think because it just feels very, very naughty. And it feels very wrong. It feels like these things should be savoured. They're so special. And it's almost like an inversion or a subversion of the ritual. So you buy an expensive bottle of champagne and you're meant to, like, chill it very well. You're meant to pour it out into a glass and savour it and be like, oh, this is so exciting, so naughty. But to say, no, I really like it. And I'm going to say a massive fuck you so years and years of cultivation of this is one of the highest aspects of society, and just chuck it from the bottle because I'm still a greedy fat bastard. That is just really hot, and that's just something which really I find so exciting, and just sort of like it's like a pleasure overload. It's a pleasure that you mm. are enjoying in a way that's been on your terms, and then you grow a body to match, and it's like you're overfed, you're softer, your body is driven by pleasure, not by pain, not by sort of perspiration or dedication it's like you are building something which is a testament a very visible one to a life which is driven by pleasure on an uncontrollable level and that's what I've always enjoyed I've never enjoyed like chugging heavy cream or doing things that aren't particularly enjoyable or having to force myself to gain it's like it shouldn't be hard work it should be the antithesis of that in my opinion
1: It's interesting as well, looking at you, because, you know, obviously you're not the biggest guy around, but, you know, you've had some very successful gains just with the decadence alone. So listen, that clearly works to just indulge and enjoy yourself. I mean, I personally have also found that my own growth has been, I've seen the best results by doing the things I want to do, not by counting Mm -hmm. calories, not by punishing myself, you know, like eating when I don't want to eat. It's just indulging and having a good time Mm -hmm. with it. What about you, Tim? Yeah. I, I really
0: um, love the aesthetic that you have going on with the, the decadence and, and you know, kind of like inverting um, what society would expect of you with the opulence, the champagne, caviar, whatever else you do that's a luxury item that you're just consuming in a very unconventional way. It's like, you know, it's like something that would make Noel Coward and Maggie Smith like clutch the pearls, like, oh dear, what is he doing? And... <laughs> I really love that actually one of my favorite pictures of you was when
1: you and I first started really talking it was and I think you've put up similar shots uh since then uh it's you on a cruise ship just in like I think it's in your underwear and just a robe and I thought that is everything like what more could you say than someone is yes darling I'm on a like you probably are just like on a cruise ship having a holiday but you've created this character of like Darling, I'm on my personal yacht. I have my champagne and caviar. The chef is in the kitchen, squirreling away to create yet another fantastic couture meal, all for me, all to guzzle down. Mm. And listen, any scraps that don't get eaten, they'll simply be thrown overboard into the ocean, darling, because, you know, waste not, want not. And, you know, I I simply won't have any scraps around. It's it's a look, it's a moment, it's fantastic. I, I love it
2: yeah I mean that was a very very special moment That photograph it's like it was on a cruise it was the sun was rising over Bermuda we were on approach I was in a suite I was sitting I was wearing Armani trunks and the champagne was flowing and it was really early in the morning to get that beautiful sunrise but I mean first of all it's like i never litter in the ocean environmentalism is still very important you know let's just let's just clarify that and that's where fancy goes to reality you know but that kind of takes it out but No, a cruise ship is a perfect example of where people can go and they can live a life which is completely curated and cultivated Mm. to be about pleasure and not thinking about a thing. And I remember on that cruise, I gained about £30 in two weeks. Not intentionally, because was like, right? Because there was just so many things that you could eat and enjoy and just, just have fun and indulge to this nth degree. And it is just that perfect moment you know where you can just have any
0: cake that you want and there's 17 of them available I need to get back on a cruise the first time that I went on one I was with my ex-husband at the time who was not at all okay with gainerism as a fetish and so I felt like I couldn't really indulge the way I wanted to this time around fuck it I'm going all out
1: yeah I've never been on a cruise myself but it's definitely the kind of decadent holiday where in my mind it's the it's the thing I would want to spend a lot of money on you know like I've done the traveling through Europe a little bit and I love to pinch pennies on that because I almost want the um, the hostel homeless experience of just like on the street, in the culture, having the moment. Whereas I want to spend every penny on a cruise because I want the drinks package, the booze package, the Wi-Fi package. I want the, the food extra package. I want to go on the catamaran on all the islands that we're going to go visit. I want every single freaking thing because I want to indulge in
2: everything get the t-shirt get the one that's a size too small so your belly perks out you know so, so, so people know so people know that you know the queen mary 2 did that to your body
0: <laughs>
1: absolutely and then when the queen mary 2 sings, they know my body did that to the queen mary 2 <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh God. so listen one of the first things i think we could bring up because obviously we're talking about the gainer community and how fantasy and reality is a thing there um I think all of us have fantasy moments that we kind of sustain ourselves on before we actually get around to meeting someone for the first time.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I want to query with you guys how you think that might shape that person's perspective of the
2: fetish. Thanks. It's a really good point. And I think there is something in it about sort of, when somebody has a fantasy and often with, again as a German it's very it's a very young age like you watch the TV show that sparked something or you saw someone in the street that sparked something and you think wow and that moment really really focuses it in on what you think you're into but then when you go to approach it you think this isn't actually quite what I imagined because the imagination is colored by so many other things happening at once in your brain Mm. so what you think turns you on is actually how you've applied it and now you've applied it. So like you may see somebody in the street and you think they're really sexy because they are really big, or they've like you're seeing them eating like six burgers at once in a diner. And you're like, I really want to see a big big guy eat six burgers in a diner. And then you make meet someone, or you imagine it, and it's really hot, and then you meet someone and they do it, and you're like, actually, this isn't that exciting. And the reason why it's not that exciting is because they eat them with a knife and fork. And you wanted to see them literally shove them down their face that like they're greedy hog that they are if you want to you know get all sexy about it and that and then you realize that things are actually quite different and in many ways it can be quite a disappointing experience and that's okay and that's important but i think when you approach these fantasies that you have especially at the beginning before you meet a gainer if you have the wherewithal interrogator a little bit further to think what well, actually am i being turned on about this tim what about you
0: um, so, you know, I discovered the the world of gaining online like everyone else did. And I was a teenager when I discovered it. And, you know, there was so much stuff there, pictures, stories, um, people talking about the meetups that they've had and the things that they've done. And it does really hype it up in your, in your mind, in your imagination. You start to think, oh, I can't wait until I get the opportunity to do something like this. And I think it was about 22, 23 when I actually got to meet up with a gainer for the first time. Or no, actually, this this is probably a better story. I had been hearing about Gromovs a lot, right? So when Grommer became a thing, we heard about Gromovs. And I kept thinking, God, I wish I could go to one. It must be like it must be like an orgy of fat or something. You know, it's gotta be like amazing. Built it up in my brain. Finally went to one, and yeah, it was probably one of the most boring things I had ever been to in my life. Um, Everybody just sort of sat around. Everyone was kind of awkward. It was very difficult to get conversation out of people. Um, No one really felt very inspired to eat a whole lot because we were out in public. And I I think, you know, because we were so visible as this group of very large men to semi-large men, you know, everyone kind of, I guess, felt that people's eyes were on them. So right there, it was like, okay, I spent all this time building up what I thought it was going to be. And like, here I am severely disappointed and wanting to leave. I find
1: I come back to a point I think I actually made in one of our recent episodes is managing expectations because we have this idea in our mind of what someone is expected to do, what we're expected to do in some form of meetup, whether it's in public or private. And people struggle to proposition the question before the meetup happens. So they think to themselves, Oh, in my mind, I know what happens here. We're gonna meet up and then they're gonna feed me, and then I'm gonna be their captive little piggy and that's what I want deep down. And then I'm and then I'm gonna be a massive super chub, and that's how it all goes, how it all goes down. But really, you're just getting a coffee. And in fact, you're gonna you're not even gonna sit down for your coffee. It's a takeaway coffee. You're gonna go for a walk <laughs> and you're just gonna talk about things. And suddenly you're left with like, oh, how how could I have ever avoided the situation? Perhaps by asking the question. So That's something I think as a community we do struggle with, managing expectations and having the Mm. foresight to counter that and predict for that before a meetup. Um, Before I continue, Finn, what are you drinking at the moment? I'm here with a mug of tea because I'm an old bitch. What do you have?
2: So I did consider, you know, doing the full thing and getting a bottle of champagne for this lovely evening. But I think a sober, Finn, is probably better used to you than a slightly tipsy... Slightly overbearing fin, so I've just got some fine water in one of these lovely glasses with their typical amber ochre to give the illusion of like a brandy or something. I was thinking yeah. alcoholic tipple. Mm. I, it's I just can't I can't be too far away from alcohol as you know. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've and I'm just wore- sitting here with a can of uh, ginger ale. <laughs>
1: What was it, Finn, that one time that I was at yours and you, you opened this mini bar fridge and I think we were looking at food at the time and most of your fridge was stocked with wine and just like squeezed into the corner. You had like a little block of butter or something. <laughs> you, you were like, do you want butter on that? And I was like, <laughs> sure, sure.
2: It was yeah. Quite- and we were in the newsagents and we were like, should we get a drink? And I was like, oh, a soft drink. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure what I'm doing here, but all right. Uh, you literally said, "What do you drink if it's not alcoholic?" And I was like, "I don't know." <laughs> and I got this—that blue Fanta, the taste of elderflower, which was broke choice. It wasn't bad. Don't get me wrong. I put, I put a little rum in that. Would be but no. The amount
1: of the amount of times. Oh my goodness! Do you remember there was that one? It was after the first lockdown. It started to ease, and you invited me out. And what? Managing expectations. What you did not declare was the amount of walking that we were gonna, <laughs> that we were going to do. Do you remember? I was all, oh, I remember this. I kept being like, "Are we there yet?" You're like, "No, James, we're not there yet. Come on, fatty." And I'm like, "I'm coming. My feet hurt."
0: <laughs> I can relate yeah. to that. Um, I went out to Chicago to visit a Gainer friend of mine. And uh, he's like, oh, I'm going to you know, take you out on the town and give you all the best Chicago food and whatnot. Well, he didn't mention to me that everybody in Chicago walks, that no one ever drives because the traffic is ridiculous. And so, you know, I didn't bring any comfortable shoes and I'm not used to walking because I'll tell you, Cleveland is not a city in which you walk. Uh, you drive everywhere because nothing is located next to each other. So I'm walking the whole time. My feet are starting to swell up because I had been so not used to it. And I'm like, are we fucking done yet? I, I would point out that it was about a kilometre that we walked so it wasn't exactly
2: like I was taking him on a hike <laughs> it, was, it, 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 it was a casual stroll between two bridges on the river <laughs> and then round the park uh, I mean
1: it, it did not you, feel you
2: that way at the time
1: <laughs> I remember and, looking at you and I was just like how could he do this to me <laughs> how could he invite me out and then make me walk so much but mind you London does this to people. Everything is so clustered together that yes, you walk and yes, you go from thing to thing, but to have to walk, you know, from residential into the thing, like just feels like it is the journey of a thousand miles.
2: But I would say the counterpoint to that, the the previous time that we met, they picked you up in my sports car and took you for a drive through. So don't say that I don't treat you nice.
1: Well, well, that's true. You did. You took me up in your sports car. We had a great time with some Trixie Mattel music. We went through the yeah. drive through and I spotted you a cheeseburger. And then we had a great little feed session back at yours where I took no, it wasn't me. It was you. You took one of my favorite gainer photos of me. I was in like my little shorty yeah. shorts. I had my shirt off. I had my cap on backwards. And I had like the burger in one hand it was like raising it to my mouth. I felt so mask. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like the only Chad in the world. You and I have had some fun times together. Oh, yeah. I mean, that
2: balcony, we got up to some fun on that one, yeah.
1: And you introduced me to Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries, which became a (laughs) very quick obsession for me.
2: Yeah, and I think that goes back to the point about, like, what you expect and what the reality is, because I expect things to have some fun, do some proper stuff. And I put that on, and you literally were like, didn't want to know me. You were just like, can we just watch this? Uh, I was, like, rubbing your belly, and you were like, yeah, yeah, but, like, she's on. I was
1: like now that's not my fault you made the mistake of putting on an excellent tv show I was hooked immediately the same thing happened I tried to hook up with a guy once who put on Grace and Frankie casually in the background and I hadn't seen it before and it was like that first scene with the fucking fight in the in the restaurant and I was like oh my god Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin first of all but also is it Martin Sheen yeah martin sheen and the man from S.E.U. two fucking old dudes in their 70s gonna fag it up oh my god i was i was hooked and then it was lily tomlin having a fucking psychopathic moment in the shops like bringing brandy and cigarettes and ice cream and you know she says what would you smoke if your husband had been cheating on you with a man for 20 years lucky soul never let me smoke imagine him criticizing what i put in my mouth i mean i assume <laughs> <laughs> you know? and it, oh my god and he's he's trying to like suck on my nipple and i was fully just like batting him off like no 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 no. you put a good show on you fucked up i i have to watch this now i'm invested the next point we had down um how does the fantasy of getting fatter affect the relationship of the gainer
2: to their own body the main thing about the i think we talked about this before and the main thing i would say is it can be really negative it can be really damaging if somebody, especially when they're like, I want to look like this, I want to look like this person. And I think you see that with people, especially on like on Insta Gainster. I have one, just you know, putting that out there. Um, it's you see people who are either gaining really fast or they're doing really well, they're doing these are really hot, and you're like, Oh, I really want to look like them. And I really want that to be my fantasy because you've imagined the perfect fat guy in your head that you want to be. And when you're not like that, it can be really, it can be really jarring. And I think i I've, I've felt that. With um, sort of my body, like I've always had really big tits, always. And that's where I gained first. And they've always been massive. And I see people who have massive ball bellies and I'm like, that's really sexy. And it will be a long time to realise that the way that my body looks is just the way that it looks and you can celebrate that and be part of it. But if that's not what you're into, y- it can be sort of quite critical because you just think, well, that's not what I want and that's not what I think I should look like and I'm not doing what I'm... I'm not on the right track, you know? Yeah. And... I'm not sure how you get away from that, so from just trying to celebrate people for what they look like, but you need to be
0: receptive to that, I think. No, that makes sense. This is something that I'm still struggling with. This is something that, like, every day, when, uh, like Finn said, when I go on Instagram and I'm looking at people that I really admire and I'm seeing how they're shaped versus how I'm shaped, and I see that they're putting on weight very quickly, I mean, people that I've been following for less than a year who have put on more significant gains than me, and, you know, I'm looking at like my own belly and I'm like, God, I wish it was a little bit more fat looking rather than just bloated. Or, you know, I wish it didn't look like it was such an M belly, because that's like a really popular thing that I get a hit up for all the time. And as <clears throat> like you said, you have to learn how to just accept the, the process and, and your own gaining journey and how your, your body, like genetics is really what determines where weight is going to, to, to distribute. Yeah. And there's mm-hmm. nothing I can do about that. You know, I'm not going to get any hairier. I'm going to be shaped exactly the way that my father is shaped because we're a carbon copy of each other. So this (laughs) is just something that I have to get used to and and be proud of it and to, you know, be comfortable enough to say, like, yeah, okay, so I don't look like this person, but I'm still fucking sexy. I can look in the mirror and say, damn it, you look good. I'd almost go a step further to say I think that's going to affect everyone at some point.
1: You know, we all live in a world where the beauty industry, the body industry, the health industry tells us this is what is optimal, this is what's appropriate. And, you know, we can't help but carry that over to other aspects of our lives. And I think much like what you guys have said, it is just that point of looking at it in the mirror, looking at your body and saying, I love this about myself. And you have to learn okay. to to love what you have going on. Because, you know, like you say, Finn, I've, I've got this ball belly, you know, the, the thing that you desire so extremely, but then I look at the rest of my body and I'm like, no, I wish my arms look different. I wish my legs look different. And yeah. you're never going to be happy. You're never going to be happy chasing things that aren't what they are. It's, it's almost like the question, you know, when people say, what if something else had happened instead? Like that question is so damaging because what if it was means instead of her and then I died and they lived, it's like, well, that's not helpful because you can't mm. know. In an alternate reality, that reality is playing out, but it's not our reality, this reality, you're here. So instead of expending your limited emotional energy on the what-ifs that you will never get an answer to, why not put the energy towards building up what you do have and making it better? Yeah, exactly.
2: 100%. I mean, there is no point crying over spill, gain a shake. You know, you just have to lick it up off the floor, you know, and get on with life. It, it it's very easy for us all to say this, I think as well, but it does, it, it's much harder to apply in practice. And I do think that it takes a lot of self-reflection and self-confidence and a self-journey to realise that what you are putting out there physically and also just in terms of your engagement with this side of your personality is perfect because it's what you are and who you are and who you're, what you're going to do. Because sort of the entire thing about gaining for a lot of people, and myself included to a lesser extent, is changing your body and transforming and transforming who you are and transforming what you look like. And you go down a road and you get, I don't know, 50 pounds in, even five pounds in, things have changed. And it's not quite what you're anticipating, but it takes some time more energy to say, wow, this is so exciting and novel and different and cool. And I'm just really, you know, loving this about myself. And it's all like, it's like self sort of, reinforcing that through self-affirmation i think is really important and helpful and i think that's something which we all can do by just putting that out there into the world and commenting on people's photos and saying that they're great and you really like and you would like this about them but as you said tim it's like not forcing your own interpretation of someone's body onto them you know Mm -hmm. like because that is also quite damaging if that's not what they're about is the opposite of anorexia
1: bigorexia and is it realistic for people to aim for a 1,000 plus pounds in weight gained?
2: So there's something which, which has been discussed before, bigorexia, normally about people who are like... Um, like muscle, body, really. Yeah, like, like always small, always feeling small, always feeling too small. Um, but I think it applies to gain as much anything else. And I think it, there is something in it about... Whether or not the number is more important than the, the journey or where you want to be or who you want to be. And if your entire goal is, like, I want to be a thousand pounds, I want to be like, you know, on that show, my 600 pound life, um, I, or if you want to be in the record books, it's a specific part of the fetish some people have. But again, this kind of stuff takes so much work and it takes so much de- dedication and time and energy and money my god I mean you think about how much it pays to feed you just yourself for a week imagine somebody who weighs five times as much as you and and can't work for themselves it's like there's a lot of energy these people into it and most people don't want to consider that energy and that sort of you know um hard work and determination that comes into planning that whole endeavor And so they feel rejected, they feel dejected because it hasn't happened overnight, it hasn't happened like it does in the stories, and they don't see how to move forward and and push that further. And I do think that it's something which just sort of like it does permeate a lot of people. And you know, as we mentioned on this call, and we've all seen people gain 100 pounds in three months. You think, wow, how have they done that? Is that they've done that because there's something a bit wrong with them. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not natural. And I don't like, you know, I don't mean naturalism like, None of this is completely natural, but it, it's not something which you consider it sort of like usual, shall we say?
0: Uh, I follow some people who do have extreme uh, goal weights in mind. You know, one guy who wants to be 600 pounds, one guy who wants to be 900 pounds. I support them because it's what they want. But coming at it from because, you know, I'm a nurse. So looking at it from a medical point of view, it's not what uh, the body really was not meant to be that big. Um, once you get into the extreme weight classes, you start to suffer from a lot of physical maladies. I mean, if, if you don't already get diabetes by then, you're certainly, you know, your percentage is shot ridiculously high for getting it. Uh, it can degrade your joints. Uh, it can begin to surround your liver and cause you liver problems. You can have kidney damage. There's so many things that can happen to you once you push past what I guess I would say is a reasonable limit. That, um, I, I feel like you know the bigorexia thing, it's it's for these guys, they'll never, they'll never be satisfied. They'll never really be big enough. They kind of take the fantasy to to its extreme conclusion, mm-hmm. where they're going to be bedbound and someone's going to care for them twenty four seven. and you know, if that's what someone wants, I'm not going to tell them no, but it, it's something you you really, You've really got to weigh the pros and cons of doing that. The the pros and cons. I see what you did there.
1: (laughs) I mean, I would be, I would be genuinely interested to poll people, you know, because this is something I think we miss as gainers, you know, we have a website where, you know, majority of people are on it and use it to some extent. I feel like people don't use the data involved enough to really figure out the stats of who we've got. I'd be interested to see a poll of people going, you know, who, who wants to do this and who's willing to help someone do this? Because mm-hmm. I think you'll find that the people who want to do it is a high amount versus the amount of people who are helping to, who want to help
0: to do it. I don't think there are very many people like that at all.
1: Because so I that think- would be a
0: full-time commitment from any, like if you had a partner that said, I want to be a mobile, that means that you as the person who is still going to be mobile and productive are going to be their full-time caregiver for everything. You're going to be their arms, their legs, their, their source of income. You're going to be everything for that person.
1: And I don't know if people ever think through those things. And again, maybe that's that point of fantasy versus reality. The fantasy is very involved, but the reality is very different. I think the thought that always comes to my mind when I think of goals is I always try to think of the journey alongside that. So if my goal is, let's say 400 pounds, I have to consider the journey in between that as well. Because Mm -hmm. I, at one random day in my future, I wake up, I weigh myself and the scales will read 400.0 LBS. Great. But I have every other day between then and then to live. What do those days look like? Am I going to be miserable because I haven't met my goal because I'm not living in the body that I want to live? Is my life value less? Is my life of less value because I haven't transitioned into the body that i want yet? Of course not. But I worry that a lot of us treat ourselves that way or a lot of us don't appreciate the days and the good days and the growth and the achievements that we make in the meantime because we're so focused on a goal. We're so focused on one day that will eventually come. We're not focused on cultivating the life that we're going to live, both in the meantime and afterwards. So I think there is a disconnect that people are very short-sighted on what their goals are and don't take enough time to really sit down and work out what needs to be done and how to cultivate that, both in a way that achieves their goal, and in a way that does so safely, both for them and for other people.
2: Just building on that, there are people who who do it, and sort of they do it as quickly as possible, and they do it just with a single goal in mind, because that's what they hear about what they've said, seen and that's what they've read, and then as you say, it's kind of like, I don't know if you read The Valley of the Dolls, but in the beginning, um, they talk about the Valley of the dolls, which is, you know, you're at the top of the mountain and you look back and you look back at the road that you've travelled to come up here. And it's sort of, but now you're here. Where are you going? And where have you, where, like, like, what's the next step? And also what cost have you paid to get to the top of the mountain? Because if you get to the top of the mountain and you're completely burnt out or you're completely wiped out or you're completely, you know, like ill there's no way to enjoy it there's no way to appreciate where you've got to and that life that you're going to lead and I think that's something which people especially very young people and you know it feels like just well, anything with the internet but like you know, I'm in my 20s and I feel like I'm an older sort of statesman on the, in this community these days but people do it and they're really young and they feel like they've got the world at their feet and I've been there you know I gained a lot of weight really fast when I was in my early 20s and it was very damaging and I was very unfit and I was very unwell and I struggled with my studies and I sort of stepped away from the community for several years while I finished my degree because it was incompatible with my ability to live my life well and live my life with a sense of purpose and progression. If you don't do that and you just, you just embrace it and you're just like, Oh, I've got a Patreon and that will pay for my life and everything like that. You will come unstuck eventually. And it's just a sad way of the world. And some people don't, and some people are very lucky, but I think most people are more, rare than people might think to admit I mean what are the realistic expectations for weight
1: gain like and when I say expectations I don't necessarily mean a number on the scale but what do you think is a very realistic expectation an experience a look a thing that transforms or transitions that we can expect when it comes to gaining
2: so I think that varies depending on the person and depends on what what sort of process they're in but you know gaining a few pounds a week is Mm -hmm. perfectly like anyone can do that. It's not particularly hard. And it's just, you know, you indulge and do that. If you have purposeful gains and you want to do stuff, I mean, anyone can do that as well, like both ways. If you want to be a muscle gainer and you cultivate your diet and you plan everything. But I do think that doing it in a realistic way is also, as we said, being listening to your body and being mindful of the changes that you're facing. I think, you know, diabetes is something that stalks this community, you know, and it's really, really damaging stuff. And, you know, if untreated, it can really, really mess you up for good. And it could put you into a sort of more of a terminal phase of your health. And I think we all need to be mindful of that and being mindful of the stuff that we're putting into our bodies. And sort of, you know, I, I had a diabetic scare a few years ago when I gave up sugar for a year. Mm. Didn't eat any added sugar. And I lost loads of weight, obviously. But my, my, my entire body changed my palate changed. Now I'm mindful of how much sugar I eat. It doesn't stop mm. me from enjoying gaining and growing. But that's the realistic point is that if you don't think about those things and put the groundwork in, it's much harder to pull it back. I think that's also, that's where I would go. go go. It's just, you know, being realistic is just listening to your body and being mindful of what you can and can't take and making sure it's not a detriment to your life.
0: I can tell you from my experience, you know, what I thought was going to happen when I started the gaming journey, I thought that like, like Finn said, gaining a couple of pounds a week or something like that has not been the case whatsoever. It has been an extremely slow burn. I've plateaued several times and stayed at a certain weight for months or a year before moving on to another weight class. Just, uh, and trying every single fad that anyone ever put out there. You know, like, oh, here's a recipe for gainer shakes that involves canola oil. So I was making those and suffering for it digestively afterwards. And then here's a gainer shake that's made of nothing but like heavy cream, peanut butter and milk and suffering for that. And, you know, trying to, like, eat a big meal before bedtime and suffering through heartburn all night long. And it's like, I, I wasn't listening to my body say, Hey, look, I appreciate the effort, but this is just killing us. This is, this doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I I definitely had way higher expectations versus the reality of what my body could actually do. And especially Mm -hmm. when it came to being stuffed for feeding sessions that I have been in um, the encourager or feeder, had an expectation that I could do a certain thing and I couldn't, you know, my, my stomach just reached a capacity. And I said, look, if you put any more in me, I'm going to throw up. So yeah. I had to really, I had to train my, my brain to shut up and listen to my body and be like, no, you're done. You can't do anymore
1: you know, that kind of ties into, into another point, you know, about what, what we might term as gain of sex, you know, these feeding sessions, these food-based interactions, this body worship that happens when we meet someone else, you know, again, fantasies get built up, uh, but the realities are not always the same. And mm. I think once again, it comes down to managing expectations. You talk to someone online who says, They're willing to feed. And I actually had this interaction with someone on Instagram just yesterday who was saying, you know, because they live relatively local, would you like to be fed after the pandemic? I said, yes, absolutely. They said, oh, how many Big Macs can you eat in one sitting? And I was like, well, maybe two, if I'm being generous. I'm really thinking maybe one and a half. And he's like, oh, well, that's a bit crap. Gainers are supposed to be able to eat six. And I was like, oh, you think gainers are supposed to be able to eat six, do you? He's like, yeah, they're supposed to be able to eat six. And I was like, well, you don't get to define what gainers are able to eat because I'm the gainer. Like, And immediately in my mind, I'm like, you have never met a gainer in your life. You are pulling on your dick. You, you you, have not a clue what the human digestive system is able to do. Like, I'm trying to think of people who I know that are like in the 350, 400-pound range that can eat six Big Macs all at once, and they probably can't. So I'm sitting there like, if they can't do that, what the hell do you think I'm going to be able to do? You know, it's the lack of reality. And to be paired with this lack of reality was a lack of respect from this individual projecting their expectations and treating me negatively because I wasn't willing to play with their fantasy. And of course, I'm sitting here thinking, this is probably going to be the kind of person that even if they agreed to two burgers and agreed to meeting up, they probably wouldn't pay They'd probably be shy <laughs> and weird about it in person. They'd probably be like, oh, can we go back to your place? Even though we agreed to go to their place. They'd probably be the kind of person who has every reason under the sun why they've got to leave quickly. And then you'd probably find that they're the kind of person who's really shy when it comes to feeding. And then all of a sudden something snaps and they're trying to force feed you, which has happened to me before. And it's very like, whoa, me too! don't do that. Mama's going to choke. Again, the reality of the situation here, people don't force things if you don't know what you're doing. Don't assume control if you actually don't have control.
2: But no, I just, I just, just, just that point I think it's a really, really good point about, the, it's, it, it's so, it's so important in the culture that we have in this community and I mean like the artwork and the stories and everything and like numerical values and quantities and just things that like, you know, seem really outlandish, oh six Big Macs, can you eat six Big Macs? It's like, well, I'm just like six Big Macs are gross i'm like, yeah. to save big macs. like no you're, you're gonna take me out to dinner and you know whatever but it's like i can when i get going and this thing when i'm in my stride i could eat maybe four big macs and all the fries and then <clears throat> shake it because i get this hunger that just like it, i can feel it now because i haven't eaten since well before we started talking but <laughs> no, I'm <just> hungry. <laughs> and i'm just really thinking about food and i'm like i could definitely eat two large pizzas right now because i'm just you know and it's just goes down but that's not something i can do all the time because that's pretty unreasonable and the same with these burgers if you go and meet somebody you know like oh, i bought all this food and they eat it they can eat what they can at that moment you know mm-hmm. because sometimes they're going to be full sometimes they're going to feel a bit queasy sometimes they're going to feel car sick because you ran a red light these things could all have all happen and these things have happened to me as well i mean i went out to meet somebody and i went, flew out to meet them because i'm really bougie um but i no, flew out to meet them and I was sick because I'd had too much wine on the plane and couldn't eat what they wanted me to eat. And he was really nice about it. And I just had a nap and then I was ready to go. But that's sort of the stuff that also happens when you when you go into these things. But people want you to do something which is out of, gain of fiction book. They want you to yeah. do something like, oh my God, you like ate a party thing before. Oh my
0: God. I mean, I, I feel like it, um, I kind of fell victim to e- expecting certain things uh, in like a Gainer meet up or Peter's um, session because I had grown up, well, not really grown up, but I mean, being a teenager to like twenty four, reading Warren Davis stories. Yeah, and, and, um, you know, talk about something that is not at all realistic. You know, even the proportions of his drawings are not. Re- I mean, I've yet to see a Gainer who looks like a Warren Davis drawing. Um, so I, I think when you just inundate yourself with that for so long. When you're finally given the opportunity to meet face to face you just you don't know how to interact with each other there's really no like of course we can use basic etiquette and common courtesy but there's really no way of, of like gainers don't really learn how to interact with each other as far as describing what they want to do what they're okay with what they're not okay with like there's no like gainer etiquette you know what i mean Yeah. And
1: I I think a big part of that issue is the lack of access most people have, unless you happen to live in a Mecca like London or Chicago. Um, And even then, you know, finding people, you know, that you get along with and are happy to have some kind of sexual situation with people who you also gel with, because you need to be able to be normal with these people before and after, because the gainer community is small. You can't, fucking be weird with people because people remember that shit and they're all friends with each other so if you're weird with someone because you were horny and you didn't conduct yourself very well everyone's going to hear about it Mm -hmm. and maybe that sounds a bit crazy but like that's the reality of a small community that is the result of being callous with conducting yourself you know and i know that there are some people that have you know really felt the burn from that so it's definitely difficult and You know, maybe there's an argument of how masturbation and porn has done this to the sex community, because a lot of people can argue that the over inundation of porn has affected uh, people's ability to relate to each other on a purely sexual basis because we're expecting the things we see in porn to happen. So I think it's a phenomenon happening everywhere, but much like anything else, no one's going to fix it except us. (laughs) So we can talk about it, acknowledge it make an effort to try and prevent it from getting worse and maybe we can actually see ourselves move back in the right direction of where there is more communication and more just ease of sexual access if that is the eventuality that's going to occur um feeding session realities i mean we kind of touched on this already but is it reasonable to expect someone to push you past your limits because i think to a degree there is some negotiation there like as someone who was 100 pounds when I started, I, I used to to verbalise my ability to eat based on the McDonald's food menu. Like when I first started gaining, I could only eat half a cheeseburger, and I would be <clears> full. <throat> that was that was the straight up it. Then as I would grow, I would be able to finish the full cheeseburger. Then I'd add a small fries, turned medium fries, turned large fries. Then I'd be able to add a small drink medium drink, large drink, add a small McFlurry to a large McFlurry, add a small nuggets to a medium to a large nuggets with an extra sauce and then an apple pie. And, you know, you, you kind of build it up that way. But when I've been fed, I have an idea in my head of thinking, okay, I know how much I can roughly eat, but obviously it's funnel feeding for the most part. This is a liquid format. I've never (laughs) liquidized my entire day's diet and seen how much physical volume that takes. I don't know for certain if I can actually consume all of this. So in those situations, which I did with a friend of mine, what was really helpful was clear signals discussed about stop, start, Mm -hmm. pause, And knowing that they were going to listen to that and respect that. And if I reach the moment where he's questioning me and because that's the constant communication, I'm chugging, I'm drinking, I'm chugging, I'm drinking. I pause the flow. I continue, I continue, I continue. And then there's the pause and I'm breathing and I'm trying to, you know, because you can't just chug nonstop. You've got to take a moment to breathe. And in those moments, he's going, how do you feel? Do you feel like you're going to be sick? Do you feel okay? Do you want to keep going? Not too sure. Well, okay, what I want you to do take your tongue off the hold just a little bit and just do some small sips you know and that's the encouragement element of the feeding session that helps me to go he's in control i've relinquished control to him and i've given him trust and he is proving himself again and again someone that i can trust and be reliant on so if he says to me i think you can do this just try it and if you don't want to just give me the clear signals we agreed on and everything will be okay so then we do that. And wouldn't you know it, I finished off 10 liters of melted ice cream on one day. Like, God damn it, I did it. And then I think to myself, if I had this every day, I'd be huge. Yes, absolutely, I would. And it would be fantastic. But also, that result only came about because of this perfect storm a willing gainer, a competent feeder, good encouragement, and open and active communication so in that instance my situation i was able to go far beyond what i thought i was capable of consuming all by myself so now i have an understanding that if i meet the right person and things are good i could end up consuming a hell of a lot have you guys had many situations like that
2: yeah you leads like sort all of the other oh, perfect storm like experiences that you have they're really fantastic and really spectacular for me i think it's having an experience with somebody which is really 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 Fun is often the ones that aren't really planned as much as yeah. you might think, and it's all sort of natural and it flows, and you, you just vibe with somebody and you chime. And I think it's just because you are adding so many layers of sort of criteria and meeting somebody that when you meet someone and they're great, and then you are friends and then you are both into the same things, and with the same specific fetishes, and then you have the same sort of dynamic, it's like finding a unicorn doesn't yeah. happen that often. But I think as well as that, it's sort of, I've had experiences where I've met people and they've taken out for amazing meals and like we've had wonderful like there's so luxurious experiences with like amazing food and like you know on more than one occasion I've been in a restaurant where I've had a meal that's made me cry because of how good it was Wow! and that sort of that is like when you know it's like perfect and that doesn't happen that often but when it does it's like this is amazing and then you go back and then it's like you know they're rubbing your belly and then you feel really really excited and then it's like everything is amped up but those moments i think are not that rare no not sorry not that common they're quite rare but that's true of almost anything the moments of absolute bliss where it's absolute paradise they're 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 amazing and memorable because they're just that it's bliss and it's paradise that is so fine and so rare that you cover it and you remember it forever because if they're always that good you wouldn't remember that many of them
0: you know i I got pretty lucky meeting up with a feeder one time several times now um he was uh, very knowledgeable and very respectful and like understood my limitations so like yes i did do some eating but then the majority of it was liquid bloating because i've just been better at that historically than trying to cram a lot of food into my stomach and like james was saying you know he did he we did very clear communication you know he didn't try to rush me didn't try to force me gave me plenty of time i think i got two liters worth or not two liters sorry two yeah, because I got stuck on the metric system there for a minute. Um, two uh, yeah. gallons, yeah, <laughs> gallons, <laughs> two gallons, two gallons of, of melted ice cream in, mm-hmm. and then um, the best part after all that, you know, because I'm in like something of a food coma, and you know, I'm delirious and running on a sugar high and everything. He actually spent the rest of the time worshiping my body, which was kind of like the first time that, that had ever happened for me. Like, just spent all this time pampering my body making it you know like just making me feel like I was you know so sexy and like I don't want to go into too much detail oh my like, God. you know basically worship? like paid attention to every inch of my body mm-hmm. and uh so like that was just amazing you know like I don't think I had ever had an experience like that before.
1: Body worship is like it's it's probably the number one like from the people, like you know, you talk to people over the years, it's probably the number one sexual slash platonic thing that you can experience with someone who genuinely understands the gain of fetish that you don't see coming when you first start gaining, because you don't quantify that as existing, because we don't talk about it in a fantasy format. And of course, you're not going to experience it until you actually meet with someone. And then it happens, and then you just lay there and go, Oh my God, this is actually it. This is the Shangri-La. Of the fat boy gainer experience. I am Mm-mm. a deity in this moment and I feel incredible. It, there's nothing quite like, especially as someone who's never had that before, taking them aside, laying them down, and taking the time to really go over their body every square inch and just loving on it. And then they lay there and they go, I
2: never knew that that part of my body could feel so freaking good. When when something gives you a belly rubbing and they know what they're doing,
1: <gasps> you can tell. You can tell there's a difference. A bitch can yes. rub your belly when they don't fucking know. And, you know, they the way they do it, like, you've just had something to eat and they're fucking jiggling your belly about and you're like, ah, oh, stop, I'm going to be sick. Like, I'm still yeah. But when a bitch knows what they're doing and, like, you are stuffed, it doesn't matter how full you are, but it's almost better increasingly the fuller you are. And the way they just rub your belly and you just go, ah, oh. Like, it is a relief like nothing else. Tim, you I've talked about this a little bit in the past because you're with someone who is not a gainer. Mm-hmm. And we've had a little bit of this conversation about... Because a lot of us think to seek out, like, a gainer boyfriend. A lot of us think mm-hmm. to seek out the perfect feeder, who's also the boyfriend, who's going to become our husband. And then we're going to live together, and then we're going to... Bo- and, and then I'm going to be obese, and if he's a gainer, he's going to be obese as well. And it's all going to be this perfect reality right you've you've made some points to to me and just in passing about this before but i want to kind of probe that a little bit more with you if if that's okay yeah walk me through that
0: yeah um so like the ultimate fantasy for most gainers encouragers maybe belly admirers is to well maybe not so much belly admirers but um encouragers and gainers to wind up with a gainer Or an encourager, you know, however the pairing happens. Uh, But the reality is, is that we're actually a really small community. I mean, as big as the number is on Gromer, that's a very, very small portion of the world population. You know, Mm. we are a subgroup of a subgroup. You know, we don't have, and many of us are separated by thousands of miles, thousands of miles, like someone that you might hit it off with could live on the other side of the planet, so the reality of actually meeting, like if you're gonna go out in your local community to a gay bar or to gay pride, the likelihood of running into another gainer or encourager, it's pretty slim. So I think the best that most of us can hope for is a partner who is non-judgmental. And doesn't belittle you because you have a fetish that's different from theirs or because you want to look a certain way you know you don't want to end up with someone who's going to berate you or make you feel like a freak or feel like you're going to somehow be an embarrassment to them if you you know follow through with this fetish so you know like in my relationship even though my partner is not a gainer he doesn't begrudge me this He doesn't talk down to me. He doesn't tell me that it's weird. He doesn't tell me that it's gross. He doesn't say, oh, you know, really? Is that what you want to be like? No, he's very supportive. Uh, The only thing that he ever said to me was that he's not particularly into super chubs. And I said, well, define super chub. And he's like, well, you know, like 450 or more. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't even plan to get that big. So (laughs) it was a win-win.
1: What have been your experiences with um, either gainer relationships or non-gainer relationships, Finn?
2: Yeah, like I was with my ex for many years, many many years, for, and um, he wasn't into it, but he knew that I was, and it was fine. And my weight went up and down. I gained, I lost, did those different things. He also gained. He also gained weight for me. He also gained weight just because he was also just indulgent and it was always a bit of a difficult one because he said he felt like it was something he didn't understand but he didn't try to make any desire to understand it more and it was he never made me feel bad about it he didn't make me feel bad for trying to engage with the community because he felt like it was people who were just these sort of sexual beings who were Always like you know fucking each other or feeding each other or doing like weird acts. Um, this was from somebody who had was one of the kinkiest people I've ever met and had some pretty weird ones, you know that I won't name. But yeah, um, he knew all my secrets. I knew all his. And then when we broke up, he outed me as a gainer oh. to my mum, to my work. And oh. I have quite, a, quite I have quite a sensitive job, so he he told the police um and yeah that was that was hard that was very very tough because you take someone into your world that you know you share and I'm as you know confident about it I'm not I'm not I'm not, I'm not um I'm not shy about it but when it's presented like that you know do you realise that there is a trust that has broken down? And that's more about him than it is about this stuff. But that is the risk that you take when you bring people into this sort of community is that, you know.
0: So he was trying to paint you as
2: like a deviant. He said that he described me as a fetish-born star. Mm. I'm so sorry for all of that. And I'm, I'm
1: sure it's a different situation to you now, where you're at in life. But, you know, I I, I hope that for, for anyone listening, you know, that, like you say, it's it's hard. It's, it's something you can't plan for. You can't predict for you can only brace
2: yourself for the potential and i think that it sort of goes back to the theme of the show which is the fantasy versus the reality is like the fantasy is that you are going to ride right off into the sunset and they happily ever after and you know eight years into a relationship that may not be the case and things like end but you know the the sort of the, the feeling that you have and the feeling that you're trying to get through if someone's treated you that way, and if people are, are listening in you want to reach out to me to talk about that or how you cope, I'm more than happy to have another conversation about it because it is tough. It's that my way of thinking about was that the world still turns and is something which I'm I just have come to terms with and it's something which I've shared. And you know, I've i am dating people now who are outside of the community who are willfully fully aware of what I'm into and what I'm about, because I'm straight up about it and I want them to know. And some of them think it's strange and some of them don't. And you know, that's that, that's that's part of the course. It means so some people have come to me with some of the strangest fetches I've ever, I've ever come across, which, you know, just horses for courses, not going to yuck your yum within reason. But I mean, I've also dated people who are in the community and dated people who are fully aware of the community and what it's about. And, you know, I'm still friends with them to this day. And I think that people who, like, it's easier. And I know some of people say that, well, I would never date somebody who isn't in the community or isn't a fan of it because of this reason. And I think it's a fair shout. I also think at the same time I've come across people who are into gaining and feeding and encouraging who
0: have never heard of grammar. Hmm. I think it's also worth mentioning that just because it, like you know how I said that we're a small community and how you know the, the ultimate goal people want to end up with another gainer. Uh, just the the, the the fact that you have the same fetish it doesn't mean that the relationship's gonna work out. Like both of you having the same fetish doesn't mean that it's going to fill in the gaps. Uh, you know of everything else that goes into a relationship because even though you might have this common fetish you might be totally different personality types you might not have a single other thing in common so yeah. you know just two gainers alone does not a relationship make
1: relationships I find hard enough to find someone that you're going to gel with that you can think I want to have a sustainable relationship with you you add the grommer or gainer filter on top of that it it just makes it that much you know more difficult to find a, a reasonable suitable match um but I think maybe maybe the takeaway from that experience of yours, Finn, and maybe these other moments here is the way forward is communication and connecting with people in a very real and authentic way. Because sharing a true part of yourself, you learn who is receptive to that and who isn't. And, you know, sharing... Shared experiences with people who've experienced trauma, like what you have, Finn, you know, that is a form of healing and it's a form of support mm. and resistance. So maybe that's the ultimate takeaway from fantasy and reality. You know, fantasies are enjoyable, but you know, there's a grounding that needs to occur and there's a, a reality that needs to be had because reality is what you experience, whereas a fantasy mm. is an idea that you construct. Uh, we do have one listener question that's come through that I'll I'll quickly put out there. Um, some of our fantasies get realised and some cannot be by pure physics. Does that lead to a kind of hierarchy or privilege within
2: the community? It's a really good question, and I think it's something which is really. I mean, you. I'm sure you're both aware of the um, creator Feeder 80, 86 on Tumblr, who produces yes. Game of fiction. <laughs> Yeah, where well, he runs the whole gamut of stuff, and some of them oh. are like really standards, like you know, oh, I met this guy and we were at college and he had a girlfriend, but he was getting weight and I couldn't you know, it. I mean, the whole thing about like fetishizing and idolizing straight men in the gay community is something which I would love to talk about before it take a lot more than an hour because it really weirds me out. But that's not the end of that at the moment it's like that standard story but then other stories like i started dating an android and he was feeding me and then he took over the world and we got married it's like what but it's like that is part of the the folklore and that is part of it but i don't think that there is a hierarchy insofar as it's that some people really want to fetishize and idolize the extreme And they want to have something which is completely outside their own possibilities because that is turning them on, because that's the transformation. They don't want to live like, I've heard people describe it as like the fat guy life. They want to be either like an obese pig, or they want to be this massive slob, or they want to do something which is completely ultra and completely uber. And it's all like funneling lots of pure sexual and masculine energy into one thing, which is sort of almost overwhelmingly sexualized, which can be enjoyable. But I think that for other people, that can feel somewhat disturbing because it just doesn't feel like it's particularly real and it doesn't feel particularly welcoming and particularly safe.
0: If a hierarchy exists, it's probably for the quote-unquote celebrities in our community who are usually like the guys that are very big. Um, They can sock away quite a lot of food. You know, those are the ones that have like the huge following. So yeah, I would say that they do get a lot of preference because they are the ones that are, that anyone can rattle off. Like if you ask someone to list their favorite gainers of all time, everyone's got a list. And I'm sure that every, at least a few on there are ones that are well known by everybody in the community. And then, you know, fantasies that can't really be realized. I understand that because I'm also a macrophile and macrophilia is not something that can be done at all. In reality, it exists solely in the world of fantasy. So And like uh, what Finn was talking about in um, fiction, you know, like I've read a fair amount of gainer fiction, and some of it is very sort of pedestrian. Two guys meet, they discover that they have this fetish or one already had it and the other one coaxes them into it. And then like, you know, it jumps six years, two years down the road, whatever. And, you know, they've reached their goal weight. And then some of them are like supernatural. Some of them are fantasy. Some of them are like there was instantaneous weight gain by magic or something like that see yeah there's just this whole gamut out there of fantasies that can't really be made into a reality I, I actually think
1: it's quite easy to identify what the fantasies are that sort of stack higher in the hierarchy because those are the expectations that need to be managed you know so like the things that stack high in the hierarchy are people who grow quickly people who binge eat people with a large appetite and a large capacity you know those are the things that we fetishize the most, people whose goals are the loftiest and the people who attain them the fastest. Those, I think, are the things that take the highest fetish priority within the community. And obviously stacking down from there, you have the usual sideline efforts of, you know, inflating and bloating and an aspect of that is blueberry. And then, of course, you've got the different flavors. You know, I think there's quite a few pups in the gainer community, self-admitting one right here, you know. as well. you know like just a chubby puppy like to me that's a part of my sense of pup play is being a lazy chubby puppy who just lazes about and has too many snacks like (laughs) you know like there's flavors that trickle all the way down but I think the biggest ones you know are the ones we have to manage because we're not all into the exact same things and maybe there's too much of an expectation to to simply adhere to common ideologies especially when we're not all on draw with it
2: yeah i think that's a good way of putting it. i feel like you know i feel like an odd one out by the way because i didn't share this fantasy but you know i'll take that one on the chin the um i think it also it talked about the origins of our community and where it comes from and a lot of the stuff that we all draw from and continue to draw from is from sites like Belly builders or gainer web where they have lots of artwork and they have lots of stories written by prolific and diligent people who had very specific things in mind like mm-hmm. I, I, I won't name names because they're quite they're quite um, uh, I won't I won't I, I won't name it there's somebody on the website belly builders who produces stories that are always about a sort of straight guy ends up falling in love with a really femme man, and then the sort of straight guy gets enormous like thousands of pounds heavy like you know they described as the Zeppelins in a hangar. You know, but it's always about that single but one kernel, which is, you know, femme, gay, man, um, falls in love with straight, chubby, sort of slightly oafish, big hunk, who he you then know, feeds up and cares for.
1: Is a healthy dose of fantasy worth it in the end? You know, is it? Because uh, I, I would personally argue that it is. It is fine to have some fantasy. It gives you something to look forward to. But I think, as I was saying before, it's about grounding it in reality, you know, because for me, that's exactly what inspired my own gaining journey. I would jerk Mm. off to looking at fat guys and I would come and lay there and think to myself, if that felt great to just think about how much better will this feel to actually experience? Therefore, encourage myself to actually make the change. And I'm so glad that I did.
2: I agree completely. Yeah. Yeah. I would 100, 100, 100% agree that fantasy is, I would say it's essential. Mm. I would say it's something which there is, we've talked about it a lot and we've touched on it, it's about the fantasy versus the reality, but it's also like the fantasy not becoming a delusion because I think we can all enjoy fantasy if we're grounded in that reality. But also it's really fun to play pretend yeah, and to be like, oh, I'm going yeah, to so, yeah, get so massive for you. I'm going to eat so much for you. you can take care of me. You're going to be like, I'm going to be like your sugar daddy or whatever. And that's really fun. And you'll remember that. And you will remember it for most of your life. Because really intense, euphoric experience that, you know, I remember when I went to the Savoy Grill and spent 400 pounds on dinner. And I was so full and I was so drunk, I could barely stand. And I had to be rolled, literally, cowed out of the restaurant into a taxi cab. It's well, only happened crazy. once, but that was the most luxurious experience I've like, where they two combined. Oh, can't and I will jealous. always remember it. I will always remember. And that's so good because the fancy like you could never eat it like that all the time. You go bankrupt and you have a half
0: stack, but ugh, it's fucking hollow. <laughs> I just had one quick question for both of you because I'm, I'm just personally curious about this. Do either one of you have a problem with being objectified? No. Neither do I. Neither do I. I I don't have a problem with it. (laughs) Yeah. I I, I did this
1: kind of like shaky hand to say, well, yeah, no, no, I don't really have a problem with being unjustified. I think because like I am the object of my own desire. So much of what the gaining fetish is, is it is an auto sexuality. It is reflective on myself. I am turned on by myself. You know, I don't really need anyone else in order to feel sexual I like looking at others because others also make me feel sexual but sometimes I don't know about you guys I will just like I will just lay there in the morning looking at my reflection and just play with my fat and just think god I am such a fucking sexy bitch like and it feels so narcissistic to say that but also I love it and then when someone else comes along and goes you're such a sexual fantasy I want to worship you I'm like damn right you do look at me i'm gorgeous get to work like
0: this might be a little bit on the dirtier side for a story but um so like where i'm sitting right now um there's a there's a mirror to my left right and so one night um i'm trying to take care of myself and nothing is quite doing it for me like everything that i look at it's not quite getting me there so then i just happen to look over and i see how much of my gut is just you know sticking off the front of me and i was seeing it from a totally different perspective and I was like, holy shit, that's fucking hot. <laughs> just so cute. I take a big old hit of poppers and handle it right away. <laughs> away
1: she went. It's it's those moments when you catch yourself and you, know, you haven't quite seen yourself at that angle, at least for a while. And there's something that disconnects in your brain where you don't immediately know that it's you. And then you go, oh shit, that is me.
2: I just like people looking at me and having thoughts. You know, like, I've been down to the beach and I always wear very tight briefs, very tight tight white. I mean, the current ones I'm rocking are addicted and they have their rainbow pocket on the back. Um, They walk down to the beach, everyone's looking. Some people are looking like, oh, that's hot. And other people are laughing because they're like, who does this fat cunt think he is repping this beach body? He looks ridiculous. And that kind of turns me on because it's like, I'm now important to you i no important in your life, even though you have no value in mine. Yeah, I'm taking, up taking space in up. Your
0: yeah. yeah, you're taking up space in their mind now. You know yeah. they have been made aware of your 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 present to them. You know, and that that's <clears> inherently <throat> challenging to them. And I like
2: that. And I'm like, this is my body, and I love it, and it's curated and cultivated, and I want to show it mm-hmm. off. And people who are like, oh, you look so great, and I am really, really, you're so sexy. I'm like, I'm like, yes, true. Again, agree. But also, people are just like, you have so much confidence, and it's really shocking. I'm like, it is kind of shocking and it is kind of political, to say, you know, I'm going to show off my body, which is not the norm, and actually really love it and be proud of it. And you're going to have to cope with that.
0: Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, God forbid, uh, be- that we enjoy the way our bodies look.
1: Yeah, you know. So, Finn, before we before we wrap up, do you have anything you want to promote? Um. Take a look at these,
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah!
2: oh, viewers. You um, didn't see that, but that was delightful. Yes, it was.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I, I just picked up some some nice crystal tumblers that I'm selling on TBC. Can
0: no. <laughs> you
2: imagine? <laughs> just, I'll be on I'll next like, week's episode it. of Antique Roadshow. Uh, <laughs> uh, my, my, my new line of um, of diamond uh studs is now coming out. You can get them from any uh, authorized retail. No, so um, dragqueenmerch <laughs> Yeah. Oh, fierce drag jewels. Um, fierce chug jewels. There we go. That's that's <sighs> the new offshoot. Um,
1: oh my god. No.
2: I mean, follow me on, on, on Insta, Weighty Master's Game. Follow me on Grummer. Everyone reach out. Do, please do. I'm I just mainly post stuff about my body and how much I love it, but if you ever want me to do anything else do, say. Um, don't have a Patreon. Um, no shade, not a criticism, just don't have one. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I try to think of some sort of, like, witty remark to end on, but... He'll come to me eventually after we stop filming.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Well, look, we've reached the end of our episode today, listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find me on Grom and Instagram at Stanim, on Twitter and YouTube at Stannim G.
0: And you can find me on Grommer at Orpheus. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Thicky Mouse. And of course, you can find more of what we've talked about today on Instagram at Thick Radio and on Patreon at Thick Radio. Until next time. Bye fats. Bye, guys. Bye. Let's talk about it.
1: Dick Radio is a Patreon and Anchor app podcast. Produced by Stan and Dickie Nuss. Mixed and
0: by Stan. Our artwork is provided by Logitsu. Our theme song is provided by Body by Cream.